Seven Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, we have quite a few folks, people we're going to talk with today and have to change the schedule around. Our first guest is Dr. Tiffany Crutcher of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, she's been in, uh, highlighted uh, for the last couple of years over fighting for justice for her brother, Terrence Crutcher, a twin brother. And I know she's down in Dallas. We're going to do some big things on the Good Morning America you're doing right now, Dr. Crutcher. Uh, it's the Today Show, yes, sir. How are you, Uncle okay. Eddie? <laughs> I'm doing just doing just fine. I'm glad that we were able to connect and get you on the air. So uh, you had a big activity last, uh, the 31st, and uh, I guess uh, 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 the president or somebody's president is going to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to have a, a <laughs> rally on June 19th. Uh, boy, <laughs> you talking about insensitivity well, uh, or what? I'll just say this, uh, Tulsa is buzzing, people are outraged, uh, my phone has been blowing up all day with CNN, MSNBC, I mean, Karen Hunter has called, I mean, everybody's talking about it, Reverend Al Sharpton, he's going to be calling me this evening, but we are outraged um, for him to come and do a huge rally right next door to Black Wall Street, to Greenwood, and to uh, have the mitigated gall to, to do a speech on race relations with Pastor Daryl Scott, um, and, and we're not happy about it. So I'm in the process as we speak, uh, planning a, a counter rally um, to take some, some, some attention off of that rhetoric. Um, we've had a, a pretty long week. We just came off of the uh, anniversary of the 99th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. Uh, we're dealing with with our mayor who just made statements that Terrence was responsible for his own death because of drug use. It had nothing to do uh, with a rogue cop shooting him on national news, CBS Sunday morning news. And so our city is like a powder keg getting ready to burst. And so we are, um, we're just praying that we're not another Charlottesville. Uh, and you know what? You have all the elements for that to happen, but hopefully with the whole world watching, that will not happen. Uh, uh, for our listeners that are not familiar with what happened to your twin brother, Terrence, uh, I can recall uh, a cop in the helicopter talking about he looks like a bad dude down there. This guy has this innate ability to t determine uh, the brother's demeanor from 100 feet up in the air. And then he was actually shot in the back by a police woman, right? And he was found or surrounded by police when the woman shot him. Absolutely. He had his hands in the air. He was unarmed. Uh, he was not threatening. He wasn't even a suspect in the crime. She just happened to see his car stalled in the middle of the road as she was headed to another call. So she knew nothing. She wasn't there because of a 911 call. And um, it was her husband in the helicopter. And uh, she shot him, and she should have never been a police officer with her history of no domestic violence. She had current restraining orders against her, and um, she got on the force because of her husband, because of nepotism. And so we have a culture of corruption within Tulsa, Tulsa's police department. And again, Uncle Eddie, I always say this. I feel that the same culture that burnt down Black Wall Street, my great-grandmother's community, is the same culture that killed Terrence Crutcher, nothing has changed. I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans have a comment or a question for you, Dr. Crutcher. Dr. Crutcher, first, thank you for being here. I'm going back to what you said first. You got number 45 going there 
and there's going to be black ministers to introduce them and meet with him? I mean, what's in it for these black ministers considering the history of number 45 and what's going on in our communities and, and throughout the nation? And well, all right, I'll, I'll they be... all get the check. Go ahead. <laughs> well, well, this is that, that uh, pastor out of Ohio who's always been a Trump supporter, Daryl Scott, um, who you've seen uh, in, in, in the office with him with the other pastors saying that he's uh, one of the best presidents that blacks have ever had. So he's the one who actually orchestrated this and told Trump he needs to, to go to a place that's symbolic for black people. And uh, so he's coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma to do a, a rally, um, again, right downtown, right next door to the, the Greenwood District, the historic Greenwood District. And uh, again, our community, our entire city, we're outraged. And we know what's going to happen. People are going to come out of the woodworks. Um, and, and so I have people now calling, trying to figure out how they can come and help us um, counter this rhetoric. Now, we know Oklahoma is a red state, but what about Tulsa? It seems like the people there would be a little more progressive now after its, after its long history of racial conflict. I mean, what's the city council I, I didn't really catch that. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the question is, what's the city council down in Tulsa saying? We know Oklahoma is a red oh, state, but it seems like... Absolutely. Well, I'm going to be honest. We only have one black city councilor. Uh, we have North Tulsa, and uh, that's Councilor Vanessa Hall Harper, um, who's been attacked by the FOP, by the police, for her stance on trying to transform the Tulsa Police Department. Um, and so she's been a target uh, for speaking up, and uh, she's our Tr Shirley Chisholm. She really, really is. And so she's outraged. She's been on CNN, uh, the Rachel Maddow show all day long, um, denouncing uh, what's getting ready to happen on next week, Juneteenth. And are there other black pastors in Tulsa who are saying, wait a minute now, coming from absolutely. Ohio, what you doing here in our state? Um, absolutely. We, um, they've been calling me all day saying, hey, what do we need to do? Um, they've come together. They've reached out to the mayor, and the mayor went on the news last night and said, we welcome him to our city. And so uh, we know what we're dealing with. And so as a result of, of the mayor and his stance on race relations, um, we've decided to run for mayor. So, um, you know, my campaign, we, we got somebody on that ballot yesterday was the last day to file, and that's our pro pro part of our protest. And so we're hoping that we're going to get him out of there and elect Tulsa's first black mayor, and, which will take office um, in 19, I mean, uh, in 2021, which will be the year of the centennial of the Tulsa Race Massacre. So we're trying to make history. We're trying to get him out of there. But right now, we're dealing with, with Trump coming to town, and people are on pins and needles. People are nervous. Uh, I'm just not sure how he's qualified to even speak on race relations with his history uh, since he's been in office. Dr. Crutcher, what is the name of the, can the black candidate for mayor in Tulsa? Uh, his name is Greg Robinson II, and I would like to get him on. I'm actually the senior uh, campaign advisor running the campaign um, because this is part of my protest. This is a part of my fight for justice, and so uh, we made it happen, and we're um, building out a huge campaign, and we're ho hoping that we'll win and make history, but as, as co-host said, we, we live in a red state. We, we haven't won a county <laughs> for, for president ever. 
you know, we are, I mean, we're redder than Alabama. So that's, that's what we're dealing with here in, in, in Oklahoma. And so you have a, the platform now with the Today Show, Good Morning America, Reverend Sharpton, to spread the candidate's name around, and maybe somebody will put, a, put together a National Political Action Committee to help uh, that brother okay. get elected. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would love to talk to you about that uh, offline, but we're well, definitely going to Hey, hey Evans, my out. co-host is expert on, on organizing political campaigns. <laughs> okay, so absolutely. I'd have to, I'd have to, to get his help. So <laughs> yeah. now you're going to be you're getting ready to do a program right now. Uh, why don't you share with our listeners what, what you're getting ready to do right now? Yes, well, I'm in Dallas, Texas. The Today Show flew in, and I've joined um, uh, forces with other sisters who've lost their their um, loved ones to police brutality. So the sister of Botham John, the sister of Sandra Bland, the sisters of Tatiana Jefferson, the sister of Delron Smalls, and of course myself, the twin sister of Terrence Crutcher, and we're going to do an interview together um, to talk about our goals and mission um, to join this fight to uh, change the laws um, that allow police officers to kill us without consequence. And so we've all met for the first time today. We just had lunch together. Um, We loved on each other, and it's not a sorority that I would wish on anybody. Now, when will this program here, Dr. Crutcher? I am not sure when it will okay. air, um, but I will keep you posted so you can make sure you okay. announce it. Um, yeah, we want to get that yes, out. Sir. And we also want to follow up with you, too, uh, particularly uh, the day before, the uh, Friday, Thursday after uh, the Black Wall Street. Okay. So, Dr. Crutcher, thank you so much for your time today, for all your work seeking justice for the people, particularly for your twin brother. Uh, so if you can get justice for him, you get it for all other brothers and sisters that's been wronged by police uh, misconduct as well. So thank you very much for today. Thank my producer, Jamie Elmore, for hooking things up for me as always. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I look okay. forward to coming back on next week. Take care. Okay, then. Thank you very much, Dr. Crutcher. Okay, our next guest is uh, esteemed uh, attorney, James Bible, who has uh, really been taking care of business locally here with cases of police misconduct. And he has uh, been highly visible on CNN and other national news media on the Manuel Ellis uh, case over in Tacoma, uh, African-American male who was killed at, by the hands of the Tacoma police. So, James, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with Haywood Evans and I. Uh, why don't you just uh, give our uh, listeners an update on where things are with that Tacoma case? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, The case of Manuel Ellis is heartbreaking. Uh, Essentially, Manuel was a young man that was dedicated to his church, dedicated to his faith in a place where he was moving forward in the world in a positive sort of way. Uh, He had uh, played in his church band on that day. He had spoken with his family, talked to his children, um, and at night he decided to go to 7-Eleven for snacks. While walking home, he encountered two Tacoma police officers that perceived him as something other than what he actually is, which is a good human being. They uh, approached him, threw him to the ground, choked him, tasered him while choking him, eventually put him in a spit mask and died. Never attempting to transport him to the hospital, they left him at the scene for approximately 40 minutes uh, while they tried, claimed to have tried to have resuscitated him. Where we are now is the family, the attorneys, those interested in justice have been in a place where we've demanded that the governor 
uh, and the state of Washington take over this investigation and that the Washington State Attorney General be in the space where they're actually uh, the particular prosecutors uh, for what we hope would be eventual criminal charges. The Pierce County Sheriff's Office is not transparent. They're absolutely biased. And from the beginning, they have sought to undermine and hide the truth from people. Uh, at this stage, we are thankful to announce that the governor has taken over this investigation via the state, um, that the attorney general's office for Washington State is, in fact, um, the group that will be evaluating prosecution. And we still have to figure out and work through exactly who will investigate anew. Uh, meaning basically that the investigation that Pierce County had done has been taken out of their hands and the state is going to start over. So, so uh, James, uh, is there a timeline? Because a couple of people raised questions about uh, the, the governor's inquiry. Is there a timeline to start? And how long do you think this investigation will take? Do you have any idea? Frankly, the main issues that I think would be present would be interviewing of the citizen witnesses, uh, many of whom we've already contacted and already, uh, well, I should say located and contacted, um, that the sheriff's office never made any attempt to contact. Uh, my perception is that cases such as this, um, a homicide cases in general, uh, the state is often able to file charges relatively quickly um, in other circumstances and proceed through uh, with additional investigation. There is more than enough information present to charge uh, these officers in this particular case. Um, the videos are obvious. Um, they're from multiple angles. And I just want to be clear, we're out there still collecting information ourselves. It took us seven days to get, get these videos and collect witnesses. Um, I think the state can do even better than that. I want to see if uh, my co-host Hayward Evans has any questions or comments for you. Uh, James, first, thank, thanks for being here. Uh, okay, those were private citizens, so the officers there in Tacoma are not wearing body cams. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, the city of Tacoma and Pierce County in general has fundamentally failed those that find themselves in that region because they've failed to secure body cams and uh, in-car dash cameras uh, for their police officers. Those are critical tools in terms of social justice, critical tools in terms of um, evaluating crime, critical tools in terms of quality control. And on a lot of levels, they put us in a place where uh, even the citizens that know that they are being filmed tend to behave differently when they know the film is on and the sheriffs are in a place where they could feel safer too. James, now the governor, is, is he bringing in an independent investigative task force? He's taking it out of the hands of Pierce County? That's what's being analyzed. What's shocking here is that there's actually um, not only Tacoma Police Department now, but apparently the sheriff's office actually had uh, folks at the scene, along with at least one Washington State Patrol person. Now, it's our uh, our understanding that the Washington State Patrol person was only there briefly, but they were there nonetheless. So I think the individuals are evaluating exactly what sort of tax force could be could be put together, or what sort of um, group could be put together in order to conduct the investigation. Are they all on leave? They're on leave with pay. 
Well, it's been pretty um, interesting because originally the officers, I think it's critical to understand that this particular case actually occurred, the death occurred March 3rd, and the officers were on administrative leave for a period of time and then were brought back until we started to raise these issues and then they were put back on administrative leave again. Uh, So I think that they're on administrative leave, but they should be permanently fired um, from the Tacoma Police Department and not allowed to return. They've taken life in the most egregious egregious way. It's March 3rd, and them them returning back to word after the March 3rd incident. Has their files, their personal records been pulled just to see if there are any other complaints against them for this type of uh, activity? We have filed a number of public disclosure requests. That information is um, something that we're also seeking. I can tell you that Tacoma is uh, not necessarily in a place where they share information in a way that we feel like they need to, uh, to enhance transparency. But I can also tell you that we're tracking down other potential leads that would suggest that this is not the t- first time they've harmed someone. Well, uh, this goes along with quite a few cases that's in the spotlight right now. Uh, we just had uh, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher on right before you, and you might recall Dr. Tiffany Crutcher's twin brother, Terrence Crutcher, uh, right. was uh, really assassinated by a female police officer, and her husband was in the helicopter. You might recall uh, a guy saying, looks like a bad dude down there. He's 100 feet up in the air, and he's going to talk about this brother's character from 100 feet up, but that's because he was black. So... James, what 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 can what would you suggest that the average everyday citizen, the NAACP members, other people who are seeking justice for our people, what can they do? Uh, different. I mean, the protest in the streets against injustice is great right now on George Floyd and police misconduct in general. But what kind of uh, recommendations would you have for people who are listening to this program that don't know what to do that might decide that you know they want to go ahead and try to do something? Just some kind of idea. Uh, in terms of Washington State, what I'm hoping will someday be created is a Washington State Bureau of Investigation. And with the Washington State Bureau of Investigation, I'd hope that it would be a department that would, within the state that would investigate uh, governmental corruption. And within that, uh, police conduct uh, would be evaluated, and it would be the Washington Bureau of Investigation that would be in a place to determine whether or not Um, criminal charges should be filed, and exactly who would be prosecuting those particular cases. I think that it makes sense. Um, In Georgia, they have the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and that's who's actually prosecuting um, the killers in the Arbery case. Um, Typically, around the nation, when an entity does prosecute officers for wrongdoing, it's actually the state, not the local municipality or quasi-municipality. So I think that that's one thing that we can really focus on in terms of um, making authentic change. Uh, The other issues, uh, some of them are within the Senate uh, and Congress in relation to qualified immunity and what that means in terms of whether or not jurors ever get to hear of police misconduct and make decisions for themselves as opposed to uh, federal judges simply throwing cases out uh, that are of critical human rights importance. Well, James Bible, I want to thank you very much for all that you do. And uh, Haywood and I have invited you anytime that you want to get the word out to our listening audience, because a lot of those folks are uh, activists as well. And they, you know, sometimes the people hear what, uh, what's going on and get some sense of direction on how they could participate. 
Because a lot of people who participate by picking up the phone or getting on getting on the computer, sending the email, you're not going to have too many mass meetings anyway uh, until this COVID-19 is erased. So, brother, thank you very much for all that you do. We appreciate you. And it was good seeing you on CNN and MSNBC and all the other national uh, media as well uh, while you pursue justice for the Ellis family. So thanks, James. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, Eddie. Thank, thank you, you. Okay. So we're going to take a break and come back after this message. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. All right, Eddie Ryan, Haywood Evans, back at Urban Forum Northwest. Our next guest is uh, Gaynell Walker, who I posted on Facebook a picture of her and my late buddy, Tony Orange. Uh, she was a soulmate, his best friend, and it knew all about any kind of uh, treatments he was taking, and there was a long, arduous process. And uh, I do just want to compliment you, Gaynell, because you were the closest, and you did the mostest for Tony Orange. So... We just wanted you to take a few minutes to just talk about your memories of our late friend. Well, thank you so much, Eddie, for having me on your show. And um, Tony was, to me, bigger than life. I I met Tony in 1999. Um, We met at a conference. I was a public school administrator, and I was on the board of the Washington Alliance of Black School Educators. And Tony would attend those conferences, and that's how we met. Um, Some of the things that you're going to hear me say are basically Tony's own words. Um, (laughs) Tony was a very meticulous note-taker, and he always found an opportunity to learn and to grow and to be focused. And so he was constantly taking notes 
whether he was in a meeting, whether he was watching a speaker on TV, but that always helped him in his efforts to support our African-American community. So one of the things that Tony would always say, and I think he said this when he was executive director of camp, he said that he was always trying to help everyday people every day. And that was very important to him. Um, He always, again, talked about turning obstacles and opportunities and barriers in the bridges. One of the things during his illness, I often called him Warrior Orange, and that's because he did have a lot of fight in him, um, whether that was needing things in his activism and just advocating for people. And so one of the things that I learned was to be a great advocate for him during the times when he was in the fight, you know, with his illnesses and things. And one thing he would say is warriors wear wounds, not just medals. And so I thought about that and how he said that and how it related to his work as he addressed issues, you know, in our community especially, you know, in the African-American community. And he was one of those warriors, you know, um, in his struggle, you know, with his health and things. Um, He supported me so very much in my endeavors, you know, in my work, in the things that I did. He always had this thing he would talk about, which was looking back and looking forward. And whenever I faced a challenge in work and things like that, we would talk, you know, about things that happened and looking back on how we were going to address a particular issue. He often did that himself, you know, again, in his activism in the community. Um, One of the things that he also talked about was how he encouraged others in the community, and he encouraged others through his activism. Some words he would say would be show up, stand up, and speak up, and stay engaged. So he left me with some very inspirational thoughts and memories. We had happy memories and things. Um, One thing that I don't know how much time I have, but one thing that I would like to finish, you know, in my sharing of Tony, and these are his words, and he would say this when he would speak in front of either group, whether it was students, whether it was in the community, whether it was with public officials, he would say, and I'd like folks to remember this, I wish you blessings without number, all good things without end. May you stay safe and always meet the sun with a smile. And as I leave out of your eye and ear, I hope to remain in your heart and head. And so I know that Tony has left a legacy, and my hope is that everyone in the community will remember that legacy and keep that in their heart and head. Well, I want to see if uh, my co-host, Hayward Evans, has any comments. You know, first, thank thank you for being here. and, And for the people who don't know you, Longtime educator, you train the principals and the school administrators, and people need to understand that you're a heavy hitter. So I thank you for you. 
But um, I, I just wanted to just share with you the plan is Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee plans on the 57th anniversary March on Washington for jobs and justice slash freedom to be uh, to uh, have a tribute to Tony Orange in Martin Luther King Memorial Park. And we're working on that right now. Great event. And of course, you got to be a speaker. So I'm hoping you will commit and the public can hear this, that you're going to be there. Yes, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss it. Um, keeping Tony alive in our hearts and in our heads is so important and to continue the work, you know, that he worked so hard and focused on. Tony loved his community. He loved his African-American community. And um, he worked day and night again to address issues regarding equity and race um, for folks to be treated equally. And so it's very important to keep that memory alive. Well, the plan is to have a memorial, a Tony Orange Memorial in Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Memorial Park, mm -hmm. in the park. Mm -hmm. That's great, that's great. And we got to have the scholarship at uh, the University of Washington too. There you mm -hmm. go. Yeah. So, Gaynell, uh, we know that the COVID-19 will not allow for a celebration of life for Tony Orange, but uh, I would definitely like to be one of the first people to uh, volunteer to do whatever I can to help that become a reality as soon as uh, this uh, dreaded uh, pandemic gets out of our case. And it sounds to me it won't be too soon because apparently uh, the cases are picking up where people open up too soon. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, well, then, well, well, like I said, I'm here for you and the family. Whatever I can do, let me know. And uh, hey, would you probably have seen her son over at uh, over at uh, the radio station because he's an on-air personality too, right, Kellen? Yes, Kellen. Yes. Yeah, oh, Kellen, yeah. Right. yes. Yes, he's on air um, at Moving ninety-two point five, and also I have some very talented um, twins. Um, that if you follow music, um, they're the Black Tones, who are very well known in the Seattle area. Mm. Wow. We have to get them on the air. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I thank you all for having me this afternoon. Okay. Um, and again, okay. um, when hopefully this pandemic, um, you know, finally gets resolved or things become open so that we can have a wonderful community celebration of Tony's life that will happen. Absolutely. And like Hayward indicated, he'll be memorialized in a Martin Luther King a Memorial Civil Rights Park on Martin Luther King Jr. Way South. So that's another commitment that I will help uh, volunteer and contribute to Hayward Evans. So I want you to know that too. So again, no, thank you so Okay, August August 28th. Okay, Kano, thank you so much, and I'm glad that uh, you were able to get this out, because this program will be archived for a year on urbanforumnw.com, and it will also play on uh, Saturday, more than Saturday morning. You'll come on about uh, 7.30 or so, so uh, if folks want to hear you again there or next week, uh, Eric will have you hooked up on, on the website. So thank you very much, Kano. We certainly appreciate it, and uh, stay in touch. Let us know what we can do. Okay, thank you. Okay. 
want to let you know that uh, Urban Forum Northwest is brought to you by Sound Transit Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office, uh, Port of Seattle's Minority Contracting Office, Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, Concourse Concessions, SeaTac Bar Group LLC. Hopefully those brothers will be opening up soon as traffic picked up at SeaTac. But right now we've having some dismal statistics on what's been going on. I also want to give a shout out to Stephanie Ogle, SoulSense Media, does all of our technology. And uh, we will be speaking with Michelle Alderson soon. <clears throat> so, uh, hey, what is the latest update on Arts Contest? Well, right now we're uh, completing the uh, committees, lining up the judges, and hopefully, by, well, hopefully, but the goal is by the end of the first week of July, the marketing packets would be out to the community. The applications, our ad commercials, should be great. I'm looking forward to it, pulling in a lot of different groups to be supported. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm trying to catch up with, uh, uh, with uh, well, I got to give Osa Elahu, I keep messing up uh, Osa's name. He's an artist, and I think he would be either a great participant or a judge. Uh, so we'll, we'll find out. Also, I know Jackie Mosco used to be the arts director at Langston Hughes Performing Arts Institute. So we got a lot of people out there. Uh, I don't know if she would want to enter her jewelry or if she would want to uh, 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 be a judge. So we're going to be seeking those folks out. I will be, as a matter of fact, if folks have, want to have an eye for art or whatever, hey, why don't you explain right quick the uh, different categories of the contest? Okay, well, you know, thank you. Let me, uh, I want to make sure I'm speaking. I, I can hear you. Well, I had it up earlier today because I was oh, that's that's now that's I don't have it in front of me. But we have, uh, we have five areas. The one I'm really excited about, and this speaks back to Ganell when we talked about Tony in the park. We want to make one of the categories is to make Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Park to uh, improvements for recreation and educational purposes. So one of the categories is to ask people, well, what would you do to improve the park, to make it more functional, to make it more people friendly? And like bathrooms? <laughs> like bathrooms and like like these memorial that we're doing now and, uh, and exercise areas, children's play area at the park. I mean, there's so much, that park has so much possibility, but that's one of the areas. Design improvements for recreation and construction. And then also, I like this one too, technology. What can we produce or what can one of the, um, the entries produce as it relates to social media, computer graphics, or even a software design that promotes civil rights and equality? In mm -hmm. literature- let me, let me check with Eric right quick. Have, have we got Michelle Alderson on yet? Okay, let's go to Michelle Alderson right now. Michelle, are you on? I am on. Okay, my co-host is Hayward Evans, and you coming through loud and clear. Michelle is a uh, uh, a is have sponsoring a five week self care and nutrition program. It's called Restart, and it has to do with what you eat. And uh, I want her to jump right into it. And the name of her company, you guys, is Definitely Well. So, and she'll give you the email address and all the other important information. So, why don't you go right ahead, Michelle, and share it with our listeners? all about research. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you and your program and all that you do for the community. 
Um, so thank you again for having me. I'm Nichelle Alderson. I'm a holistic healing artist, and I integrate nutrition and mental wellness in my private practice, um, as well as other natural remedies, supplements, um, herbal medicines, um, and products that I make of my own um, to support people's mental wellness. And what I'm recognizing and noticing in these times is um, an increase of stress eating and a decrease of appetite. And the combination of that um, is showing up as anxiety. Um, and, it, and you match that and pair that with what's going on in the world right now. Um, and so that anxiety at the biological level um, is one that we can do something about through what we eat. So I have been teaching this restart class um, for a little over a year now and have graduated just about 50 alumni, um, all people of color thus far, um, who are really taking on um, their health as their own responsibility, recognizing that they're going to be the only one living in their bodies for the rest of their lives. And I'm teaching them how their body works and how to communicate with it, but also like how to get off of the sugars and processed foods that are causing some of these mental disturbances that are going to be a challenge anyways. But if we're adding the stress by eating the stressors, um, then we're kind of at a false start, you know. So I'm really helping people to... Um, learn how digestion really works, what's going on with your energy throughout the day and what you can do about it, you know, through regulating your own blood sugar, um, remembering that you don't have to, um, you know, be the diagnosis that you've been given, but that you can actually do something about it. You have the power to do that, and I want to arm people and equip them with the information, um, the tools, and the support. So that's what I've been doing with the restart classes. And as of late, I recognize the need for uh, youth and family and private classes. So I am now offering private classes for groups of four and more, uh, for groups of churches and, you know, sports teams, organizations of any type, any type that, you know, is recognizing the need collectively to improve upon um, their food choices, um, not just I don't eat chips and soda anymore. we got to really get on another level with what we think about when we talk about nutrition. It's a much deeper conversation than like, you know, I don't eat that much fast food. It's, it's, um, it's time for us to get real serious because um, obviously we're seeing as black and brown people that we're dying faster and, and sooner than um, necessary with all of these preventable health conditions um, that can be managed with food and lifestyle. So I want to help our people get that right and, um, you know, and demonstrate what it looks like when we do it because it feels a little bit different when there's some representation in the room. So that's what I'm How offering people... right now, um, that in addition to what I always do, you know, mental health counseling and um, wellness coaching and arts and entertainment events and things like that. In other words, that's what the people in the streets are saying right now, rather than having all the police power. Needed to have some Michelle Allison power dealing with some counseling. Hey, but I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't like I didn't to put say you in the that, middle of it. Since you did, yeah, I second that. <laughs> yeah, but I want to make sure you're not in the middle of the riot, though. Now, uh, while we have time, why don't you let people know how they can get in touch with you to get involved with this restart program? Yeah, you can find me online. All of my information is on my website at liveinfinitelywell.com. And you can find the restart under offerings. Just look for restart. Um, you'll see everything about the program there and you can sign up for private classes or you can just email me at help at liveinfinitelywell.com and it's spelled L-I-V-E-I-N-F 
I-N-I-T-E-L-Y-W-E-L-L.com. So Infinite Lives right. Really Well. You can also okay, give me a call. I'm kind of old school. I really just prefer a good old-fashioned just ring me on the phone, 206-596-5980. Okay, and every time you come up with a new one, we're going to have you back on there because we were trying to keep people healthy after this uh, coronavirus. It's killing people with pre-existing conditions. And it sounds like you got a program that rid of people of some of their ex uh, current conditions. So make them Absolutely. healthier. So thank you very much, Michelle. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, then. All right, Eric, we're going to take a break and come back with uh, Tacoma Mayor Victoria Woodards. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington, or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. All right. Hey, what happens? And Eddie Ryan back in Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, we're trying to, uh, Eric is trying to hook us up with Mayor Victoria Wooders out of Tacoma. We had her on the program earlier, and she was in a, a conference call where her either her vote or her voice was of extreme importance. And we want to make sure that she takes care of the city's business before she takes care of Urban Forum Northwest business. So she's right down the street in Tacoma. We're sure we can get her. It was good to hear from James Bible about uh, what's been happening with uh, the Manuel uh, Ellis case. Uh, this uh, videos keep popping up, and it really is disputing. It has uh, some the spokesman for uh, the sheriff's office and the police department down there looking kind of ridiculous. But uh, it's uh, just a, a national disaster, just police misconduct. And you just can imagine what was happening before the cameras were documenting. And uh, at the Buffalo, the, the mayor of Buffalo, New York, those officers that resigned from that special unit, you need to have them resign from the police department and get somebody else to come on in there. Because if they're going to act like that, 
see a crime being committed. They're supposed to be law enforcement officers and they're acting like thugs. So it's time for you to fire all 57 of those police officers. I say those cops in Buffalo, New York, they don't need to be there. So uh, Hayward was, it was talking about, uh, well, was talking about the art contest. Just want to let uh, Nichelle and you and Latanya have just been uh, nominated to be uh, judges for this contest. So we'll get you the information later. So hey, you know what I think? What I think would be good, Eddie, is just what James Bible said, like you were pointing out. Washington State Bureau of Investigation. We need we need an independent functioning unit, and so I think it behooves us to make sure that this information is going to the governor and to our uh, legislative elected officials. This is something that needs to be put in place because all this nonsense, hatred, and and over policing needs to stop. And, and you see what the Pierce County Sheriff. Like James shared with us, he's trying to stick it or skirt it under the rug. Come on. Well, in, in addition to that, uh, once again, you know, information's been withheld. Fortunately for the cameras, once again, including you could hear the lady saying, why don't you just arrest him? Why are you beating him like that? And then for uh, the police department to come out. Oh, anyway, we have the mayor on hold right now. So okay. why don't we go right to Mayor Victoria Woodards? Mayor Woodards? Yeah. Okay, you're on a line with my co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Thank you so much today. Glad you could squeeze us in. Uh, you know, we had James Bible on earlier. We also had uh, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher. Her twin brother was killed in Tulsa, Oklahoma by a police woman. He was surrounded with the police and she shot him in the back anyway. But why don't you share what you can about what was happening with uh, the Manuel Ellis uh, situation? And I do want to say I was very proud to see you on CNN calling them out, okay? And that resonated with everybody. Uh, the, you sister mayors have really been taking care of business. I can say that, and I'm proud to see it. So why don't you share with us what you can? Well, and let, before I share that, let me say that the sister mayors thing is real. I was honored this morning to, take, to, to do another taping with Mayor Muriel Bowser and Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. From Atlanta and then Mayor Sharon Westroom from Baton Rouge. And there really is this this sister this sister mayor thing, this sisterhood of black women mayors is is real. Um, and, and we are leading our cities in ways that we never thought we would have to lead. But you know, as as black women and just women in general, we're used to stepping up um, where there was no path created. So so I just I wanted to give that shout out to my to my women mayors, my black women mayors this afternoon, because it was, it was such an encouraging moment for me to spend that time with them. So I, I imagine you all have walked through um, everything I can tell you, but um, we know that on, on March 3rd, um, that while in police custody, um, that Manuel Ellis um, died, was murdered. Uh, the, the report calls it a homicide, that is murder. Um, and, and since then, we have been going through this process of, of this independent investigation. Um, I'm sorry to get to hear the whole conversation, but you all know that I-940 passed, and that means that every, um, every city in, uh, and county in the state of Washington, um, that those incidents have to be reviewed by an outside police agency. In our case, um, in trying to move quickly, we entered into a partnership with the Pierce County Sheriff's Office to do this work for us while we were having conversations around setting up um, a regional 
um, body that would look at these cases. But in, in the interim, um, we are with the um, sheriff's department. Sheriff's department took over the investigation the night of the event, um, uh, and 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 have been in charge of it ever since. Um, and then, and then just this past week, um, or a week ago, time is flying so fast. Um, the the medical examiner's report came out. The toxicology portion of the medical examiner's report report came out, and I don't need to go into those t- those details. You all have heard enough of it, and I just stated it. Um, so our city. What the report uh, say, Mayor? What the, the, what did the report well, say? The report, anybody didn't hear. The, the 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 piece that I can speak about is what everybody knows publicly, and that is the report said it was um, it was a homicide that he, he okay. died that it was a homicide and he, and and the contributing factor to the homicide was asphyxiation. Um, that's what we know. Um, and so here we are thinking that we were going to get. To hear a report on Wednesday, um, and and at least at least it was going to be turned over to the prosecuting attorney's office on Wednesday. And as you all know, late Tuesday night. And let me be clear: I didn't find out till Wednesday when the I didn't officially find out till when on Wednesday when the press release came out um, that there had been a, a sheriff's deputy on the scene, um, not investigating, but as a part of the incident. Um, and so then. Pierce County Sheriff's Department and Pierce County's prosecutor could no longer investigate. I will say this, two things. One, I want to thank Mary Robnett, because I believe in giving thanks where, where thanks is deserved. I want to thank Mary Robnett, our, our prosecuting attorney, who quickly said, I can't touch this, and quickly called the governor and the attorney general to say, we need you to step in. Um, and, and I also want to thank the governor for stepping up, but I think I heard you all mentioning it as I got on the phone. This is but one case, and I-940 um, has, is, 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 is effect in our state. We do need a state agency, an independent state agency that looks at every case that falls under the guidelines of I-940. Hey, whatever's made that comment earlier in the, in the program, that we need to have the What's Washington that? Bureau of Investigation. Right. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Eddie, I'm sorry. No, I said Hayward Evans has suggested that we establish a Washington Bureau of Investigations, independent yeah, entity. I, I, I have no, I, I don't care what the name is. I don't care. But yes, I totally agree. There needs there needs to be an outside party. Because the reason I-940 passes is because people want to have faith in the investigation. People want the investigation. and It doesn't make any sense to do an investigation if we can't have faith in the results. And so... Um, and so I think we'll take, take one minute and explain to our listeners that might not be familiar with 940. Just to take a minute to explain to people what 940 is, what it empower, what it does. Um, you, I don't know if it's my, I'm having a hard time hearing you, Eddie. Hayward, can you repeat that? See if she can hear you. Uh, uh, Mayor Woodard, the question is, uh, can you share with our listenership what does I ninety I nine forty do? What's its purpose? Well, I think there were a lot of things outlined in I nine forty, and you all you all work on it more than I, and probably know and probably know more than me what it does. But one of the things that it does do that is very important in this case is the establishment of an independent 
review of an independent investigation. Because as you all well know that before I-940, police were investigating their own instance. And and so I-940 takes it out of the hands of local police and says it needs to be independent. It's kind of hard to investigate your own your own mm-hmm. incident. Um, and, and, and it may not be hard to investigate, but it's hard. It's hard to convince people that that investigation is independent when you are investigating your own. So, I mean, for me, that was the big takeaway from I-940. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I'm focused on is making sure how do we how do we make sure that that these that these investigations are independent and they can be credible? Yes. I think well, Mayor Vic- Victoria, you're, you're right down the way, and this uh, uh, case with Mr. Ellis is being looked at. It's a national, and like you, by you being on national TV talking about it, it's a national issue that people are going to be looking at real closely. And I just want to know if we want to be able to be able to talk to you periodically as things develop. And sometimes there's some things that can be made public that I might not hear, but if you feel that there's a need to uh, use these airwaves to express anything regarding that case, anything else going on in Tacoma, including what's happening with the Black Elective, even remotely now because of the COVID-19. But I just want to thank you very much today, and I'm glad we were able to work this out to get you in. Matter of fact, uh, Dr. Tiffany Crutcher was on today. I think I mentioned that her twin brother was also killed by the Tulsa police in very uh, dubious uh, circumstances. So thank you very much, and we want to keep you on the air, keep our listeners informed of what's happening down in Tacoma. You got it. Thank you all for having me, and thanks for making you know for making it available for me. And I and I and I will be back. We will. We're looking forward to it, right, Hayward? <laughs> all right. Absolutely. Thank you both. Thank you. All right now. Okay, uh, Urban Forum Northwest with Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Another edition. We'll be speaking with you again next Thursday. Get an update on what's happening in in the city and the country, especially in Martin Luther King Jr. County. So, Eric, thank you very much for coordinating everything today. And see, when you Zoom, you don't have all that that interference on the telephone. So we appreciate that, too. So we'll talk to you again next week.